This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We were, yeah, we started playing Phase 10, and we, we started drinking. <laughs> oh and it got, it got out of hand. And we ended up playing that, like, what was the, it's like the werewolf game, where you try to figure out who's the werewolf. You ever played that? What? No, yeah, it's like it's it. basically like Among Us, but uh-huh. like a card game version. You try to figure out who the oh. werewolf is in the village and shit. It's pretty that's fun. probably awesome. That's probably how somebody got the idea for Among Us. To be completely honest with you, it was no, um, that came out before Among Us. That's what I'm saying. Somebody oh, got yeah, the yeah, idea yeah, from yeah, okay, that yeah. game for Among Us. Probably. Um, oh, let's say welcome back, everybody. Um, Wisco Fanatics Friday. Simon and I are in here. Tyler is logging on shortly. Uh, sadly, we do not have uh, Bryant, the instigator Bryant, this week, so there will be less shenanigans, sadly. Um, I hope everybody had a great turkey day, safe travels. Uh, we got to spend time with family and watch some pretty damn good football games, in my opinion. Even though the Lions always play on Thanksgiving, the Lions are improving. Uh, pretty soon, I might have to take a pie to the face because I made a bet with Simon before the season about how many wins they will have. Uh, Simon, what's your opinion? Uh, did you watch that Bills and Lions game? Uh, I watched part of it. I was also serving food to some people at the same time, so I got to catch most of it. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Lions, they look different than the years past, even though they're still, like, taking L's and stuff. Like, you can see some of the younger players start stepping up and making these really competitive games. And I don't know. Yeah, everyone, you know, everyone thinks uh, Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl contender and stuff. But, I mean, the Lions gave them all they had. It was a close game. I will say, though, the Bills are starting to get a ton of injuries stacking up on defense. Yeah, they're stacking up hard. Um, so that that is the reason, in my opinion, that their defense is taking a couple steps back. Um, if they, you know, and there's still plenty of time left for those guys to get healthy and come back for a playoff run. But as of right now, uh, I'm not going to – I don't do moral victories. I really don't. It's either you win or lose. Now, on our show, we do do positive takeaways. That's not a moral victory for me. That's just, you know, if we're losing, I got to have something to look forward to, right? Right. Um, But if we lose, I'm mad because we we always cheer to win the game, right? True. Um, I saw a lot of Lions fans like, oh, my God. Oh. We're going to be so good next year. You can't guarantee that with injuries and everything. The league changes every single year. Players moving around. I mean, your schedule could be different. You could yeah. you could run into a hot team. You know, players get better. Players get worse. Exactly. Regression. There's just – there's no telling if you're going to be good. So, I don't want to hear that we're going to be good next year bullshit. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Um, so, did you watch the Cowboys and Giants game? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Yeah. That game was so funny. Like all I remember from that game was that WWE move. <laughs> the dude just like last off. Oh, it was Jalen Smith, right? Where he just yeah. like jumped on top of the pile for no reason. Bro, the, like, it was so stupid. That was funny as hell. Dude, he's trying to give the dude the people's <laughs> elbow. What about what about former Badger Jake Ferguson jumping yes. over? Bro, that play was sick. I was like, oh, just go to the locker room, my man. 
I'd be like nope, fake nope. injury. <laughs> the bad the Badgers don't produce athletes. Never forget. Yep. The Badgers don't produce athletes. Who uh, said I that? thought that game was awesome. Dude, it's just it's been like a narrative for how long. Yeah. It's been a narrative for how long. Um so Simon said he did not watch the Vikings and Patriots game because he was busy. Tyler, did you end up catching some of that game? No. Oh man. No. Nope. Well, first of all, the Vikings defense is not that good. Um, do you guys remember the old Indianapolis Colts defenses back in the day with uh, Dwight Freeney and Robert yeah. Mathis, where when they played with a lead, they had those two edge rushers, and you knew those son of bitches mm-hmm. were coming, right? That's exactly what this defense reminds me of. They're but behind, they're a little they're a little charm and soft, in my opinion. And that was definitely a touchdown to Hunter Henry. I don't yeah. care what nobody says. Yeah, that's that was definitely a touchdown. I don't that was a I don't understand touchdown. the rule, to be honest. With Neither you. do I. Like the rule itself makes no sense. Like, all, if he all. if he puts the ball over the goal line, that should automatically mean a touchdown, regardless of play did. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, I said yeah, the same thing. Know. You know, because like goal line running backs, right? The running back jumps over, boom, play dead, right? Or right. you know, they, if say, you slap they the ball ground, out, it's not a fumble. Exactly. They say ground can't cause fumble and all that shit, which like I understand the process and all that other bullshit, right? I think that's just verbiage. Just trying to use the cover up a shitty fucking call. So when he catches the ball, he comes down with two feet, and you know he's he's leaning to go to the goal line. How is that any different than a guy taking one foot and diving and hitting the pylon? That's not any different in my opinion. So I think I think they do that just to yeah. give people something to talk about, some sort of controversy. You know what I'm saying? That's my opinion on it, at least. I don't know if that's that's really what's happening, but it just feels right, right saying that. But the uh, the refs help the Vikings win the game. So what else is new? They're frauds. They're gonna be one and done, in my opinion. Oh, they're definitely gonna be one and done. Especially if they end up getting matched up against like San Francisco, they're done. San Francisco will bitch slap them. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like we lost an ugly game to them, like ten to seven. It would be like yeah. twenty four to six. They they will bitch slap them. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that would be ugly for Minnesota if they had to face yes San Francisco in the first round. Um, so we're gonna start with three stars. Um, Jake's got the number one star, a rising star for sure. We'll see if he can do it for a Man. third game in a row. He's already done something that Justin Jefferson has never done twice in a row, but that's neither here nor there. But um, I'll let Jake start with our number one. Shot. Oh, I had to. Yeah. Um, man number one star this kid has the opportunity he has the talent to be a consistent contender on our three stars on this show um christian fucking watson and i will be the first to say there's no way i looked at him during the draft the the draft process and i was like this guy's a red zone threat too i was like nah this guy's just straight up burner yep and then me and tyler go to the game on thursday and Rodgers just goes, you know, 12 men on the field, goes a little bit of backyard football, throws one up, and freaking Christian Watson, son's a little guy. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's about to be a fucking stud. <laughs> I mean, what more can you say? Eight catches, 155 yards, and five touchdowns in the last two weeks. Um, that's nuts. Um, in, the, in this last game against the Titans, he had four catches, 48, and two touchdowns. Um Again, he he jumped over a guy and then he just purely ran past another guy for another red zone touchdown. So, um, we'll definitely talk about those. We will. We're, he's doing it all, man. 
Yeah, Bernard, that Viking lady was, uh, oh, she was all right. She had good energy, but that's uh, about all I can say. <sighs> Never mind. I won't go there. I won't go there. I won't go there. Like I'll I said, <laughs> she had good energy. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, number two stars, yeah. Quay Walker, uh, 12 tackles, team leading 12 tackles, uh, half a sack, tackle for loss, had a QB hit. He's, I'm going to talk a lot about Quay Walker today. So I'm just going to leave it at that and. Spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about Quay Walker a lot today. So I'll let Simon give the third star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my third star is David Bakhtiari. It's honestly, it. if you're if you're saying fucking cut him at this point, I don't understand. I don't Money understand your thought process at where, like, it's just, just watch him play. Like, he's just, he's a wall, man. And he's been a wall. And he was just... He was so good this week, and he was our highest-graded offensive lineman this week – or offensive line, offensive player, excuse me, this week. I just don't – I don't understand how you still believe in that narrative. Like, he's – Because people he's, can't admit that they're wrong, Simon. I know. You can't I take hate, a, a thing from week it. one, two, and three and be like, Fox, a waste of money, and then be like, all right, you know, it's week 11. I was wrong about him. Nope, got to hold on to that week one through three narrative that you were pushing, that he's a waste of money and he's injury prone and he's never going to play and he's never going to keep playing if he gets back. Like, Yeah. And so I think, I don't know, like he's played 432 snaps this year. Uh, he's been back for eight games and they came up with a plan to try to implement him slowly into the offense. And now he's just playing 100% of the snaps for us every week and at a very, very high level. Uh, he's he's top one of the top ten graded tackles in the league, and um, he hasn't a lot of sack this year. I think he's allowed one hit, if I remember right, from my last game game yep. notes. Like, what yep. what more do you want from the guy? And I think you want him to go two, back and penalty. Uh, I'd have like to a two penalties. It might be three. Look. I think I saw three. He had like three penalties and like three hundred and seventy snaps or something like that before the Titans game. It was something like that. He has four penalties this year. Okay. Did he have one again? So I still, uh, I think he had one. Yeah. So I, 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 I have to go I back. I think it was something like three for three seventy going into last week. Okay. But either way, like at this point, just it, it's it's an uneducated take. There's too there's too right. much information out there for you to still have that take. You're just following a narrative that was built four months ago. Right. And I without ever like, giving him a chance. To, yeah, when it comes to stuff like that, like I would respect you more if you said I was wrong about him early in the season that he wouldn't be as good as he was when yeah. he was injured. Then I do for you to continue saying that he's a waste of money or that he's not performing or we need to cut him while he's playing well. Like that's just like you're just dumb at that point. Like like there's literally like you said there's evidence in front of you that shows you like he's not giving up sacks. He's like you said he's the highest graded player last week. And when it comes down to it, after players are in the playoffs and stuff, you might end up being a pro bowler. I think I made that. Uh, I think I made that. What is? Uh, I think I made that like week four, week three. I can't remember. He had a really, really good game, and one of my bold predictions was that he'd make the Pro Bowl this year. Not all pro because I feel like he missed a little too much. I don't much think he's going to be all pro because he, yeah, he missed like three and a half games. But I think, but a, I think he could make a pro bowl this year. If he goes right. to the end of the season playing at this high level, there's a very good shot for him to make the pro bowl this year. So Absolutely. I just, 
if you're making that narrative, like I just don't, I don't really get it to be honest. So like, Bernard asked one life? question and then made one comment that I agree with. Um, first, he said, I hate when guys say Rodgers needs to take risks like Favre did. Bernard, that lady, that was the Vikings lady on Wednesday when she said that Kirk Cousins is taking more chances and that's why he has more interceptions. And I asked, well, then wouldn't he have more touchdowns too? And she just had no, no answer for that because I said that Rodgers has more touchdowns and fewer interceptions. Well, Kirk Cousins is taking more chances. You'd think it would result in more touchdowns if it's resulting in more interceptions. So I also think that's just bullshit too. Have you watched Rodgers this year? He, he's taking well, some chances. Not a super ton amount, but right. I've seen him I mean, he's deep on like third downs and stuff. Right. Yeah. But he's he's so the other question. Right. The other question that Bernard asked is, do you think we should bench Rodgers? And the answer is no. Um, no. Unless he requires surgery, which doesn't seem to be which... the case because he wouldn't have been playing for the last five weeks if it did. Um, basically, this is my thing, and I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to talk more about this in our preview a little bit. But whoever is going to be your starting quarterback in 2023, that's who needs to play the rest of the season. I don't care what the record is. I don't care where the standings yep. are. Agreed. Whoever's quarterbacking in 2023 needs to be the starter for the rest of the season. Let me answer this third one real quick because I have the perfect answer. He asked, or he stated, I hate when guys say Rodgers needs to take risks like Favre did. And I'm just going to simply say this. As a kid that grew up in the technology era, I am so fucking done with comparisons. I'm so mm-hmm. done with them, dude. It is so hard to compare a guy from the 90s and 2000s to a guy in the 2010s and the 2020s. The rules are different. All the variables are different. The players the are different. League the league is different. They're, everything about it is different. Doesn't even make mm-hmm. sense. I don't want that comparison anymore. Rodgers is not Favre. Favre was who he was, right? He was exciting to watch because he would he would take that chance or whatever the he fuck. Was the he was the gunslinger. He was a heart attack, whatever. Rodgers, he, he sees what he sees, and he probably, in my opinion, he's a better quarterback than Favre. The comparisons just need to stop. They're not the same. They don't. They don't leadership the same. They don't throw the ball the same. They don't do anything the same. Okay. The only thing that happened that they were the same is they were both Green Bay Packers at one point in their lives. And that is literally it. <laughs> That's it. And they won MVPs. Yes. And a whole bunch. A whole bunch of MVPs. <laughs> That's true. Um, but they need to stop. So Simon, who are the underrated performers from Thursday night? Yeah. So we kind of just decided on two guys. Um, so Preston Smith, he just – he generated so much pressure in this game. It, you could just see it on the field. And, like, playing and play out, he was beating uh, their left tackle all night. Um, I know it was a backup, but still, he was disgusting. And he came out with two sacks in the game. Um, the other one we had was uh, Chris Barnes. Barnes also had a very good game. He ended up with one sack. He had 10 total tackles. And he had this nasty hit on Tannehill. Tannehill's not a small quarterback either. He's like, what, 6'5", probably 220, 230. He was coming like a freight train to get that first down in the fourth quarter. And Chris Barnes just lit him up. That was a sick hit. I thought he actually got hurt off of it. but (laughs) It looked like it. I I love Chris Barnes is playing really good for us this year. Like as a a backup. I'm going to talk about the linebacker play in the preview too. So Yeah. Definitely some good stuff there. So let's go. Let's go offense first. Go offense first. All right. So 
Um, and what two plays to you from the offense? So I kind of cheated a little bit, um, but it was just the whole narrative with Rogers, you know, thumb and stuff and how much it's really affecting him. I think this game just sort of highlighted it. And I, the, it seemed like there was a lot more questions about it this week. And there was just too many throws where he was just, just off on some guys. So I counted like five wide open throws that he just missed. And it, it was slightly different. Uh, so missed a easy throw to Tanya uh, on the first drive on kind of an out route. Uh, a little bit behind Lazard in a third. It seemed like Lazard dropped it. It was a catchable ball, but when he was moving one way and the ball comes behind you, it makes it a little bit harder to catch. Uh, he had he also missed Tunyon on a third down in the fourth quarter, and then he tried to fit a ball. I don't know if he was passing it behind I think Cobb in the fourth quarter, but he almost threw an interception. It, it just went between like three guys. And then Watson, or I'm sorry, not Watson, Watkins was open on third down in the fourth quarter, like wide open over the middle, and he just missed it. And then, yeah, and then he threw one way too high for Lazard wide open. So it just seemed like he was a little off on the night on plays that could have changed how the game went. A lot of like third downs and stuff he'd miss mm-hmm. a throw. When it comes to, like, you're bringing up a lot of stuff, and then, like, Jake and I were there in person, and now I, this didn't occur to me until right now, but um, with his thumb, like, I wonder if the cold had something to do with his throws being off because it yeah. was cold. Um, so, like, I wonder if that is a factor. Um, you know, obviously, and I don't want to, you don't want to use it as an excuse, like the Titans won the game, but, um, you know, if that's something that's affecting him, but just a thought and even even rogers was like i i don't it's not an excuse right for his play like he's not using it as an excuse i i think people are trying to paint that picture around him and it's just i don't know sometimes i i think people just purposely don't try to look at things and they just make sure well, i like the way that jake said it when he talked about rogers playing through an injury speaking of comparisons sorry jake but you made a good one Is he frozen? I think he's frozen. He looks frozen. Oh, there we go. Back? Kind of. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. To me, if he, want, if he wants to play through the injury, he thinks he can play through the injury, and the doctors clear him, I don't see what people's problem is with it. So the comparison that Jake made was he compared it to, to Brett Favre about how people were always praising Brett Favre for playing through injuries and being the Iron Man and never missing games. And now the narrative is that Rodgers is costing the Packers games by trying to play through an injury. It's it's a, a narrative that it's just like, hey, just admit that you don't like Rodgers if you think that Favre is good for this, but Rodgers is bad for it. Like at that point, it's pretty much just a personal bias that's showing very blatantly Um yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say on that specifically. Uh, I, I did, but I lost the train. I, I lost right. my train of thought. Oh, Rodgers has also played through worse injuries than that. Yeah. Like way yeah. worse ones. Yeah. So I don't really understand. I don't know. Like, I'm not. I can think of at least three off the top yeah, of my head. So can I. Um, I'll say when he came back from the broken collarbone. 
Yep. Playing through the calf injury. That and pretty much that injury. whole fucking season. Right. And the knee injury from the Bears game in, what was that, 2017, 18? Yeah. 18. 18. 18. That was 18. Um. Jake, what two plays stood out to you for the offense from this game? All right. So my first one uh, I already described. Uh, it was the touchdown to Christian Watson, uh, the first touchdown that he had. Yeah, that play was tremendous. Rodgers, first of all, uh, always been the master of uh, late substitutions by the defense. And, catching and Watson was not a far across the line of scrimmage. People were like, he was two yards past the line of scrimmage. No, he wasn't. Right. I rewatched it again this morning. He wasn't. Yeah, I watched it too. Um, he gets them, you know, uh, with 12 men on the field, getting a free play. Rogers extends the play, moving, moving to his left and just throws one up to his six, five athletic young guy with great legs. And, uh, he goes up and snatches one right over the top of the Tennessee DB. Um, I didn't want to name the Tennessee DB cause we're not in the business of dogging people like that. Now, if this was Chicago, I would definitely name him. I'll say that right now, but I respect the Titans. It definitely Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson. If it was Eddie Jackson, I'd be I'd be trashing Eddie Jackson right now. <laughs> um, but the coolest part about that is it was literally right in front of us. Like I felt like I could have caught that myself. It was like right in front of us. I was like, that was fucking awesome. Um, it was on a third down, so that play was absolutely massive. And of course, right after that, we get an extra point block. So it's kind of like, yep. Fuck us, right? Course. You know, par for the course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. It was a bad um, snap. O'Donnell was lucky to get it held and even have a chance to kick it. Honestly, God, we we just can never figure everything out at the same time. It's so goddamn annoying. Dude, um, like, wait till we get into the preview and I'm talking about momentum. Oh yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, All right, what's your second one? My next one, I picked the drive after the interception because this to me. And again, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, and we we spin things on a positive note. When I watched us run three plays, technically four plays, for negative two yards, I was like, "We're done." I I literally felt that in my heart. I was like, "We're done." Um, first play was a run for Jones, seven yards, but Nyman got called for holding. Now we're at first and we're at first and twenty. Rogers starts to throw a pass to Lazard, incomplete. Next play, second and 20. Rodgers, Randall Cobb, eight yards. Okay. Third and 12 is a lot better than third and 20. Now, as um, Simon mentioned before, we're third and 12, and this is where Sammy Watkins was wide fucking open. And we did not complete the pass. And I'm telling you, I felt my my heart going to my stomach, and I was like, damn, man, (laughs) this has been our season. That's honestly what it felt like to me. It's like this is our season. We're getting guys wide open. We're not executing. I, you so know, is there, a, is there a way to improve being clutch? <laughs> like, if only, we're looking for ways to improve, is there a way to improve being clutch? So, so the totality when I what I came to when thinking about everything that's happened during this season is it Rogers' fault? Is it Lafleur's fault? Is it Barry's fault? Is it the players' fault? Is it this guy? This guy? This guy? Right? There's a million people. Yes, it's everybody. I just feel like the execution on all ends of everything, the, the coaches, the players, everything is just not there. And that's, not that's the conclusion I came to. Yeah. Like I, that's like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the momentum and it's, it's, it's really unfortunate, but it just, it doesn't happen all at the same time. Yep. yep. Ever. Um, 
Simon, what other play stood out to you from the offense? So they ran this a couple times uh, through the night where they had Jones and Dylan right on both sides of Aaron Rodgers. And they fake, they kind of run like this fake option play where Rodgers will pull the ball from Dylan. So they'll like run a draw with Dylan. Rodgers will pull the ball, leave the defensive end kind of wide open and then make him make a choice. And then DeGuar is also coming out, uh, coming along like the backside. And then he just gets out in front of Aaron Jones and makes a clutch block. And, it, you know, that's the type of creativity that you like seeing uh, in an offense. And Those they have been my, like, offensive standout plays, like, the last two weeks. I, I love that shit. I yeah. love it. And they've had really good success on, like, pitch mm-hmm. plays, too. I, right? I haven't so, seen it go for less than seven yards. I, yeah, I, I think they had one later in the game that went for, like, five, six, seven or something like that, too. Just call it seven. But, it's called it was seven. It was seven. <laughs> but yeah, I, I that was just that was one of the big plays that kind of stood out for me just from the creativity standpoint. Yeah, and it's it's encouraging to see DeGuara continue to have his role expand because I think Mercedes Lewis is gonna retire after this year. Um so it would be it'd be really cool to see Josiah DeGuara step into the Mercedes Lewis role and be that guy that like when you want to put a blocker somewhere and set it and forget it and not have to pay attention to it. If Jaguara can be that guy, that might be a third round pick that actually works out for the Packers. I think it'll be really interesting because I don't think he's going to be able to be used in the same sort of role that Mercedes Lewis is where you can just stick him on the end. Cause he does have like that halfback kind mm-hmm. of motion blocking role rather than like just stick yeah, him on the line he's like a weird offensive star player yeah. like tight end fullback but i'm okay with that because you can yeah. get some really interesting plays yep. off of that yeah and then honestly if you have a guy who can play tight end and fullback quote-unquote fullback for you that saves you from having to have two guys to do those things that's just right. something that potentially opens up another roster spot for you um which is interesting um, for me, the two plays on offense, one of them, Watson's second touchdown, his fifth touchdown in two weeks. Uh, this is where Jake talked about, like, he's not just a deep threat. And we, we're learning this more and more because it's basically like the same play that he scored on his third touchdown against the Cowboys. Starts on the right side, the far right, and he just runs all the way across the field, runs past everybody, and then is open in the end zone. Um, that deep, that medium to deep, crossing route if if you're not four three speed or four four speed like watson's gonna be wide open every time i also really like the design of that play too because they had the whole defense fooled like everyone was all the the whole defense basically moved to the right yeah yeah and then he was just open on the left that's what using aaron jones on those pitch plays a lot like they ran a like a shit ton of pitches to aaron jones and they basically set it up the same way, except Watson's the only guy going left, and yeah. then Rodgers rolls left, and he's got an easy pitch and catch. You know, Simon, you brought up create offensive creativity before, and only reason I didn't pick one of these plays because they ran it a couple of times because they didn't go for a lot of yards is when they put all three tight ends on one side with Aaron Jones. Do you remember that? That yeah. was – me and Tyler at the game, we're like, oh, hold on a second. What's happening right That's now? a lot of beef. I mean – Tyler Davis fucked it up both times. I'll just say that right now. Yeah. But yeah. if he if he gets one block, dude, Aaron Jones is going to be in the open field with somebody, and that is not the guy you want to be in the open field with. 
Yeah, it's gonna say that. <laughs> Especially if it's a DB, like we we want to see AJ Dillon more one on one with DBs, which he did run one over, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but Aaron Jones one on one with a DB, it's not like Aaron Jones is gonna run this guy over. It's like he's either gonna make him look silly or he's gonna break a tackle and house it. Right. I would love that so much. I was just waiting for it all game to mm-hmm. just take one for like forty yards or something. Right. So one Aaron Jones run that I didn't love was the fourth and one. Um, like they were like, I don't know if their goal was to catch Tennessee off guard. Like, Hey, they're passing on us. They're passing on us. They're passing on us. They only need one yard for a first down. Even, even if you get the first down in that position, I don't love that play call just because like I kept saying this to Jake while we're at the game, like we need to score before there is three minutes left on the clock. We need to have more than three minutes left on the clock when we score, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, mm-hmm. to to be able to get a stop, to be able to use the two-minute warning and the timeouts. So, actually, they used all the timeouts. So, I can't even say that. Um, so, we needed to get the stop, in my opinion, before three minutes left in the fourth quarter to be able to have a chance to either tie the game or try to take the win with a touchdown. Um, and you're running on fourth and one against the second-best rushing defense in the NFL. And the second worst passing defense in the NFL. Like that fourth and one situation, that's where you look at Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and say, one of you is getting the ball and you're going to catch it because you're the guys that we trust in this situation. Not that you don't trust Aaron Jones, but knowing who you're going against, it's important. Um, And like I said, I don't know if the idea was just to catch him off guard or what, but I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that play? I'm not gonna lie, dude. The like the slant, the deep post. I mean, I would have thought something like that with a Christian Watson was what they would call because it has a chance to gain so many yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, you needed a chunk play on that play, anyways. Mm-hmm. Running the ball in that situation and not picking it up just makes you look absolutely stupid. Um, if you throw the ball and say it's tipped or something like that. At least you could say you went down swinging. You right. know what I'm saying? At least you have that. Well, you narrative. get the chance of a penalty too. Like, yeah, like there's just, there's so many more variables in throwing the ball. You can get it picked off. Blah blah blah. Strip sack. Right. Whatever. There's negative stuff. Even that, flip the field. Even if you throw an interception on fourth and one. Yeah. Say, say you take a deep shot, like you said. So you say you take a deep shot to Watson. They were at like the 45 yard line. Say you take a deep shot to Watson at the 10 yard line. Say it gets picked, and Watson makes a tackle at the 15. That's still at the 15 yard line. That's still 30 yards of a difference. Yeah. I don't know. I would have. I would have definitely taken each of him, or like you said, I would have tried. I really thought we were going to see a lot of Randall Cobb. I, I thought Cobb was going to have like ten catches going into this game. I was like, dude, there's no way they're going to let Watson beat him deep, and Cobb is going to eat the the slot corner, which yeah, he did not. He did twice. And he had a couple plays, but I thought he was going to get a lot, a lot of looks, man. Yeah. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. It's similar. Like, there's some good, some bad. Um, Simon, what two plays stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, yeah, just like that first drive just irked me from, you know, the uh, defensive standpoint. You know, you get them in a third and long uh, for a three and out. Uh-huh. And then I don't know if this was kind of a miscommunication on what Savage was supposed to do or – what but they left Burks one on one with Nixon, and it seemed like Savage just came down in the box for almost no reason. 
I don't know if that was the plan or not, but he just got burned for 43 yards. I, I'm not sure if Savage was supposed to stay, stay back and help, but I, I don't really understand why he kind of came up in the box like that. Maybe you guys have a different perspective or something, but well, I'll I actually had that play as well. So I will I will. Did you? Yeah, I did. I picked that play as well. Um, I didn't communicate that very well because it's oh, very okay. Good. I was like, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Drive, the communication they took the play from that drive. Oh, okay. The, the communication you. this week was not high. Thanksgiving week and my stepson's yeah. birthday week is very busy in my life. So that is, that was probably my fault. But um, on that play, I saw Burks uh lining up outside, and I was like, oh shit, you know, because you you know coming into the in the draft, you know, we all did our our draft draft scouting and we knew Burks was a deep threat at Arkansas. So we're like, okay, this guy is a deep threat. He's a big physical guy. He get, he got compared to AJ Brown, AJ Brown. We're going to see this week. And I have some stuff to say about him, by the way, a little overrated in my opinion, the whole Philadelphia offense is a little overrated in my opinion. I'll just say that. Um, they create a lot of turnovers on defense. Now I'm getting too far into it. Anyways, Burks was lined up one-on-one. And like you said, I saw Savage, I saw him leave that assignment and leave Nixon on an island, and I did not think that it was appropriate. You know, when I was re-watching that play, I was like, mm, I don't like that. But when you look at it, it was first and 10, and it was second 10. Henry went for three, so it's third and seven. So you have them in third and long, right? So you have them in down and distance. You know they have to throw the ball. I still don't understand why the hell we line our corners up and our DBs up and the gap. You know, we talk about gap responsibility in the run game. We got to have zone responsibility in our DBs because there's way too many fucking people running wide open. And this play was just example number one of probably five or six in this game where it happened. And it's, it's fucking sad. You know, they had the Titans had eight plays of over 10 yards in this game. That's not okay. For a team with, with that didn't have a 300-yard wide receiver coming into this game and Burks ended up with 100, that's – that's bad, dude. And that comes down to coaching, in my opinion. All right, Simon, go ahead. Uh, yeah, and the other play I had was that fourth down tackle to stop Henry uh, down on the five-yard line. That was the longest game drive I've ever seen in my entire – it was like 10-minute, 11-minute drive right. almost. What was 10 it? Six. Yeah, 10 of 6. Yep. So to for the defense to hold them to zero points on that drive, because everyone knows just, Henry's just a monster – Oh yeah. Preston Smith and Quay Walker blew up the offensive line and stopped him for like a one yard loss. So it was really good to see, to see them stop for zero points. Obviously it would be great if they didn't run 10 minutes off the fucking clock, but mm-hmm. for them to come away with zero points on that long of a drive, I forget there was some weird statistic with it. It was like the longest drive that ended with zero points since like ever or Oh six or some crap. I can't remember the exact stat. That's a long drive with no points. That's retarded. All right. For me, two plays on defense. It's something that I'm I've been watching and I'm going to continue watching is Quay Walker's open field tackling. He's improving every single week on it. Um, since the Lions game was when I first brought it up that if he's making those open field tackles, that he's gonna separate himself as a linebacker. And he's doing that. So that's really encouraging for me. Um, he's honestly, he's becoming one of my favorite things to watch during Packer games every week is watching Quay Walker continue to get better. Um, the other one was Tennessee's first drive in the second quarter. That's that 10 minute drive that Simon was talking about. 
Um, the Packers scored as the first quarter expired. That was the touchdown to Christian Watson that Jake talked about. And that play was, or that drive resulted in a turnover and downs. That's got to be demoralizing for Tennessee. Like, you go 10 minutes and you're just like, yeah, we're just pumping along, picking up yards, picking up yards, first downs, yards, first downs, just chewing clock like crazy, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is on the sideline waiting to get the ball back in his hands and that it's cold, so you're keeping the opponent offense on the sideline while it's cold as hell out and they're all getting cold, and then you get zero points. Defense needs to get credit for that. So to go that long, be on the field that long, and make a stand, um, the defense needs credit for that, and then the offense has to pay it off. Um, I'm going to get into it a little bit more as far as momentum goes with the offense and the defense, but the offense has to pay that off. Um, Jake, what two plays stood out to you on the defense? Well, I talked about the opening drive um, right. a little bit. Um, just have to, you know, we talked about it in the Lions game too. You brought that up. We talked about, uh, Savage and Jair having miscommunication in that game and on the Lions second touchdown. It's just like, yeah, it happened against the we, commanders we, too. We came into this season and I don't mean to keep going back, but you know, all the projections we had for this defense was, all right, people aren't going to be able to pass on us. If we can, if we could stay middle to top half, um, in the run defense, this defense has a chance to be special. You know, we're going to force turnovers. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we were feeling really good, and the communication just hasn't been there. Um, this is why I said what I said, you know, when we started the show about the Lions, because you just don't know. There could be progression and regression with every single player on your roster. You have no freaking idea. And it just seems like Savage has really – he's either stayed the same or taken at least a full step back, not a half step, not a little mini baby step. He took a full step back. He is not playing with any confidence. I mean, dog and beat, but he just is a guy that he has the speed, and you you think he had the athletic tools, he just never connected up here, right? And that is probably ninety percent of it, to be completely honest with you. You I mean, can, everybody I, runs fast, right? I'd throw in too that his he's not a very sure tackler this season. I'd throw that in there too. He's not. I'll I'll say I'll say he's not a willing tackler because to be a sure tackler, you have to be a willing tackler. You have to, you cannot be afraid of contact. Yeah. Um, that's part of the reason, and you know, people were bringing up that play to of uh of Jair Alexander, uh, kind of just waving his arm at Derrick Henry. I want to see one of you five nine, 190 pound motherfuckers <laughs> run in there against 270. Let's see you stick your nose in there. Oh, I would do it if I was making all those millions of dollars. I'm sure you would. It's very easy to say that behind your fucking cell phone. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <clears throat> but when you're but when you're put in that situation, making business decisions too. Okay, that's all I'm going to say on Honestly, that. But usually, like, Jair isn't afraid of contact. Yeah. See, so here's the thing about that that play specifically. Like, sure, like you'd like to see guys, you know, play all out or whatever. But listen, it's Derrick Henry in between the one and the two yard line. Like, what what do you think Jair tackling him from the side is going to do? I was just going to say the angle of that tackle, I don't like, think it would have done anything anyways. Like Jair isn't, you know, he's not Von Miller who's going to hit you with speed and power and knock you sideways and completely stop your forward momentum. You know, if that would happen, that would be the hit of the year. Fuck it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, later, you know, they, they didn't want to point this out, right? You know, later in the game, 
when Jair was outside and he had the outside leverage on Derrick Henry, he didn't run away from him. He forced yeah. him back inside so his teammates could rally and make the tackle. But nobody wants to point that play out, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Just like when Aaron Rodgers, people coverage. only want to point the negative out. Nobody, nobody highlighted that play on Twitter, Jake. I'm just going to fucking say it, dude. I'm getting fucking sick and tired of Andy Herman's fucking ass, dude. <laughs> I'm getting fucking sick of it. This shit is really starting to piss me off. He wants to point that play out but not point out the other play. Fuck you. That's what I'm going to say about it's that. So, it's just so easy. Off. And listen, like we, we understand how easy it is to fall into the trap of just say the Packers suck and then anything else, you know, you don't have to be positive about anything for the rest of the season to do it that way. Um, like I've that, honestly, <laughs> Brian said, watch your profanity. <laughs> um, I wish you were here, Brian. I miss you. Like, <laughs> I've seen it a lot from Bill Huber too. He's the the Sports Illustrated writer for the Packers that he puts a lot of like the Packers suck. Here's why out there, and it's so easy to say. Like you could say, yeah, the Packers are four and seven. And you're done. Stick a fork in them, and then you don't have to have any expectations for the rest of the season. It's so okay. easy to do it that way. Um. Yes, Bryant will be back next week. He's only temporarily fired, not permanently. Um, <laughs> oh, Simon's oh. permanently fired, though. <laughs> um, that was so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you said you're fired, and the universe is like, bye, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> you said something mean about Andy Herman, and Simon couldn't handle it, I guess. Um, oh, he's back. Um, uh, so, I clicked a button. I don't know what the fuck I clicked. <laughs> Click the little X in the upper right hand corner. Oh, shit. nice! Thank you for that, Tim. 18 to 2 run to start the third for the Bucks. That's good. Yeah, turn um, Bucks. otherwise, I was gonna watch the fucking game. I just saw like right before I logged on, too. I saw somebody complaining about it. And it's like, dude, it's not even halftime, bro. Um, we're up by nine now. Oh, uh, I, I gotta go back and find that comment when we're done. But it's so easy to just say that the Packers suck, and then, like I said, you don't have to have any expectations for the rest of the season. Where we aren't going to do that, we're going to be, you know, like we're going to be here hoping the Packers make the playoffs until they're mathematically eliminated. Like we recognize that with every loss, it gets less and less likely. But until that chance of making the playoffs is zero, we're not going to act like it can't happen. And like I said, and I'm going to, I'm just going to repeat myself again. If you just save the team sucks and that they're done, then it makes the rest of the season easy for you. Because anything that good happens, it's just like, oh, yeah, they finally did something right. And anything bad happens, you just get to be like, oh, I told you so. And that's the kind of negativity that Jake and I really detest is the I told you so negative predictions. Because then you can then you can be like, oh, yeah, you know, the Packers made the playoffs this year. I didn't think they were going to when they were four and seven. So now you get to be happy for that. And then if the Packers miss the playoffs, you can be like, oh, well, I've been saying they suck since they were four and seven. It's people trying to put themselves in a quote-unquote win-win situation by predicting a negative outcome and then being able to be happy if the opposite, less likely positive outcome happens. Yeah, to me, that shows a lot, lot about people. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? 
outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Character. Um, I'm not going to attack anybody. Any Herman. I'm not I would say anybody else. <laughs> Shit, your post off for that. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to say you guys about this down. game? I'm a little fired up. A lot of missed opportunities. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Like I'm I said, good. I'll talk about that a little bit when we get into the preview, but. So looking at switching to the upcoming game, the Packers um, added Justin Hollins from the Rams. He previously worked with Joe Barry in a couple um, a couple instances in um, in L.A. So he understands the system and he understands Joe Barry. So that's just added depth for the linebackers because Devondre Campbell is on the injury report listed as doubtful. Um, he did practice today. So I think it's within the realm of possibility that we see him next week against the Bears right before the bye. I do think it's also equally possible that they hold him out and then he gets two more weeks off and then he comes back after the bye. Um, So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Um, That'll be next week to keep an eye on that. But everybody else besides Romeo Dobbs is practicing and expected to play. Um, There was like an illness going around. Um, It actually happened to the Bucs too, that there was an illness going around. Like Wisconsin actually has – like a really high virus rate right now, which is really weird. But mm-hmm. um, the Bucks and the Packers both had a bunch of guys listed on the injury report with illnesses. Um, Randall Cobb, Mason Crosby were on there with illnesses. Rasheed Walker was on there with an illness. Like a bunch of guys were missing practice Wednesday and Thursday with illnesses, but everybody practiced today. And the only two that are probably going to be out are Dobbs and Campbell. So let's get into the offense. Um, Simon, what's what are you looking for from the offense against the Eagles? Um, really, so their defense, like Jake said earlier, is very opportunistic. They have uh, 13 interceptions on the season, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson leads the league with six. But their rush defense has been very um, – they they allow 4.6 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's a lot of – opportunities for our run D or a run game to take over if we sit in not a negative game script. Um, And the other thing too, is keeping our offense ahead of the chains, right? So we don't want to allow, we don't want to allow them to get in these third and long situations because they they have some good players. Like Fletcher Cox is a known body. Brandon Graham's been around. Josh Sweat, John Hargrave, Javon Hargrave, excuse me. They have 33 sacks on the season. So, the, yeah. They're, yeah they they're, added Ndamukong Sue and Robert Quinn to that. Yeah, true. 
So that, I mean, that's just more depth for them. And um, Limbold Joseph. And yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that too. That was, yeah, that was two weeks ago. They added him like back to back days, wasn't it? That Joseph and Sue were mm-hmm. added. It was like back to back days last week. Yes, sir. So I'm looking for the offense to run the fucking ball. I would like to see like a Dallas sort of game script where Rodgers throws the ball 20 to 25 times sure. with high um, efficiency. Efficiency, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. High efficiency and Jones and Dylan just run crazy. Jake, what are you looking for from the Packers offense against the Eagles defense? Did I take any of yours? I talked a lot. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I can I can word I can word a little bit differently. Um, I also was looking at the four point six yards per rush. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to give them two in case anybody else wants to piggyback on. They, they had they give up one hundred and twenty two yards per game. I think Brian's is, out there saying the same thing. Too. Yeah, right. He's like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> which is eighteenth in the NFL. So in terms of uh, against their pass, right? So they give up five point eight yards per pass, which is pretty fucking good. Um, they've only given. 10 touchdowns, and they're going to So, obviously, the way to attack this defense is by running the football, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I wanted to bring up the quarterbacks that they've played the last five weeks. I understand one of them is on ours, too. We did lose him, but they lost to him as well. So, it's even in that case. They have played Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills. Stop me when you, stop, when you hear somebody that's fucking top 10, by the way. Um, Taylor Heineke stopped at Cooper Rush <laughs> and, and Matt Ryan. That is the yeah, last five Cooper Rush. Yeah, that is the last five QBs they have faced. Yikes. Obviously, they won all those except Heineke. Uh, we also lost to Heineke. Um, except they lost to Heineke at home. So I'll just throw that in there. Maybe there's a little bit worse. Um, but none of those quarterbacks are breaking Damn records. Rough. Um, none of those quarterbacks are just going to go crazy and manipulate your defense with their eyes. Those five quarterbacks have one MVP combined. Yeah. And it was a long time ago. <laughs> um, that, was what, that was like, what, literally 10 years ago? Was it a 2014 season? It might or be. 2016? I was close. I thought it was 12. It might be 2014. No, 12 was uh, – who the hell was 12? Was that Brady? AJ, was that Peterson? Oh, it was Peterson. I think oh, you're Peterson right. Was 12, I think right. you're right about that. God damn, Simon. Oh, boy, Simon, you'd be a monster in NFL like Jeopardy or some shit, man. <laughs> we could do the drunk trivia again someday and we get Simon um, in on it. I want my revenge. <laughs> I won that one. Let's go, baby. Um, I, I'm going to say, I don't think their passive is be a little more um, I think they're the middle of the road at best. And I'm going to say, you know, that uh, Simon brought up the 13 interceptions before. Uh, they also have eight fumble recoveries. Oof, so geez. the eight fumble recoveries with the 13 interceptions, this defense forces a lot of turnovers. If the Packers can take care of the goddamn ball yeah, and run the ball, the ball effectively, damn. they absolutely can win this football game. But that's a big if with this Packers team. Yeah, this offense has been kind of disappointing in that regard this year. Even Aaron Jones had a fumble last game, and we kind of got lucky that we got it back. He got smacked. Yeah, he did. So Simon Simon was right about MVP, too. It was 2016. That feels wrong. 
No, no okay. that, because that right. was the year we met them in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, it feels right because Julio was a fucking stud that year. Yeah. It feels right. And that's why you don't stick. Uh, oh, God, what was his name? That cornerback we had. Gunter. Yeah, there is. Hey, oh, man. He had one dude. good game against Calvin Johnson and then was never good again. Oh, dude, I was, I was like, <laughs> oh, man, this guy's going to be so. We were like, yeah, we saw an undrafted the... stud yeah, corner. He played yeah. good against Calvin Johnson. And then, yeah, yeah well, he, he just... had like 144 oh, yards and a half. Ugh. He got shredded. Also, right. Julio's just a beast, too. So yeah. You can't... yeah, if you want a guy that'll rack up yards and not score touchdowns, Julio Jones is the guy. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> I had to throw that out there. This is we had that discussion on Wednesday night when we guest started on the NFL outdated show. And like the it was like that same chick that brought up Kirk Cousins has more yards, but it's like I don't care about yards. Yeah, I care about touchdowns. Yards. yards don't score you points. All right. Also, so, uh, Jacoby Myers, too. True that. If you want a guy that has True yards that. and no touchdowns, I think yeah, he had what, a thousand and some last year. I don't that's think why, like, I would take touchdowns. like I would take like a Michael Crabtree because every time you were in the red zone, like oh man, Crabtree's gonna score yeah. on you. Like I used to, I used to take him in fantasy leagues late in the year because he, he would score, score you like touchdowns. he'd have like three catches for three touchdowns and fifteen yards, but I don't care. <laughs> um, so for me on the offensive side of the ball, um, I'm gonna use this as kind of a transition after I talk about this, but I'm excited and it sucks that we don't get to see it yet this week to see Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson on the field at the same time. That is regardless of the record, regardless of what happens for the rest of the season, that is probably the thing that I am most excited for, for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, like unless we run the table and make the playoffs, but even then like, I, like Dobbs and Watson are going to be a part of it. If that happens, um, so since their respective breakouts, we haven't seen them on the field together, like at all. Um, Dobbs got hurt early in the Lions game, and then after that, it was the Cowboys and the Titans games, and Christian Watson's balling out now. Mm-hmm. Both of the games, or both of the players have been injured early in games where they were both healthy, and it just haven't seen it happen yet. So that's really, really what I'm looking forward to, and that's why when Bernard asked the question earlier about benching Rodgers, it's, if he's playing in 2023, no. Because you play those two with Rodgers, so they know who's throwing them the ball next year. Also, there's good opportunity now that I feel like we've seen Watkins fall out of favor, mm-hmm. too. I, I don't know how – I mean, depending on how much you believe in depth charts and stuff, they moved him down. The only one he's starting over now is um, Toure. Toure. So, I mean, there's definitely opportunities upcoming games when Dobbs come back healthy. And, I mean, if the Packers get into a situation where just just say they lose the next two games, like I don't think it's going to be the case because I think they're going to win one and lose one. But say they lose the next two games and they go into the bye at four and nine, I don't think they come out of the bye saying we need to keep giving Sammy Watkins playing time. True. And I think Samari Toure probably leapfrogs him on the bench. I I think there's – yeah, there's no way we're bringing him back next year. So, it was on a one-year deal. Yeah, Bernard, that's a good anyways. point, too. At the end of the day, it's just football. Like, we've seen a lot of people, like, like basically people that want to, like, burn their jerseys and stop watching football. I hate that shit, man. Never be a fan again and calling it loser town instead of title town I saw today. It's like, like, that's, like Jake said, when it comes to losing and stuff like that and adversity and negativity, like, it shows your true character. It really does. Yep. Um, and, and Jake and I have seen it a lot with Badger fans too. I should say Badger football fans because Badger basketball fans have been pretty supportive actually so far. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Badger football fans so far. When yeah, so far it's early. <laughs> um, when negativity or adversity happens, like seeing the the true nature of some fans, it's it's been ugly. It's been tough to see. Um, it's been discouraging, honestly. Um, so for me, the matchup that I'm watching with the offense and the defense is um, I'm watching I'm watching Christian Watson as a starter. First thing I noticed when the game started on Thursday night was the first two receivers onto the field were Alan Lazard and Christian Watson. And the snap counts reflected that. Um, I think Watts, I think Lazard played – I'm trying to remember the snap counts. I think Lazard played 100%, and I think Watson was second at like 84% of snaps. Um, so seeing Christian Watson as a starter – um, and he's going to keep getting more attention, especially keep scoring multiple touchdowns. Yeah, um, true that. You, you can't you can't ignore a dude who's got five touchdowns in two weeks and expect to win a football game. Um, so that's the matchup I'm watching. Jake, what matchup are you watching from the offense? I am watching both running backs versus the Eagles front seven. Um, we've talked about it all fucking year. We talked about it the last couple of weeks. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's been getting better the last couple of weeks. Nobody's mentioning that. He's I running agree. a little bit harder, catching the ball and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have to earn some – we're going to have to stay in third and manageables. We're going to have to pick up some third downs. I think A.J. Dillon is going to be one of my bold predictions here. It's not a Simon Says. Just a little bold prediction that I wrote down for myself. A.J. Dillon, two rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Huh. I'm I'm wondering if it almost gets into a situation where we see like an AJ Dillon Tennessee Titans game from last year. How would love that. All right, Simon, what matchup are you watching on offense? Yeah, I also have the running backs. And I just it would be nice to see them kind of bounce back. I mean, they didn't have like a super rough week, but they did get stopped at like the line of scrimmage or even behind a couple times. And it looked like there was some almost indecisiveness between both of them, uh, a couple of the runs, where they just got kind of caught and they were like stutter stepping. And where they're trying, trying to figure, to figure out where to make their cuts. So I'm hoping they kind of just bounce back this week. I, I would love to see them, like, like I said, I would love to see a game script where it works out in our favor, where these guys combine get like 35 touches or so. I would Rogers love to see a game script work in our favor. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. <laughs> that's a that's a perfect way to transition into the the offensive versus defensive momentum. Mm-hmm. It's it's sad. Like it's like the the potential is there. It's been there since since the New England game, mm-hmm. where the potential is there that both sides of the ball do good things at certain times, but never at the same time. Except for the Dallas game. That's the only game I can say where both the offense and the defense played well at the same time. Is the second half and overtime of the Dallas game. But first half, defense allows a touchdown. Um, and then they get two stops. One a three and out. And then one was the 10-minute tar- uh, turnover on downs drive. Offense scored a touchdown after the three and out. And then went three and out after the turnover on downs. So we're 7-7 seven, seven at that point. Uh, we get into the second half. Um, shoot, sorry. Um, after that, we get into um, second half. Tennessee scores right away. They missed the extra point, clanged off the uprights. Packers going at seven points, and then Tennessee goes and gets seven points. Um, so we're still looking at, I think it was a nine, 
nine point game or 11, 11 point game at that point. Cause the Packers got a field goal on their first drive. So the offense followed by scoring twice. Following that Tennessee went interception, punt, punt, 35 yards combined on three drives. And the offense goes punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. So the defense got the stops, and the offense couldn't go anywhere with it. It's it's unfortunate. Um, And it's – I don't know how to fix that. Um, If I did, I'd probably be coaching in the NFL if I knew how to fix something like that. (laughs) Just to get the team playing – uh, their best football at the same time on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes it really tough to come back from losses, and that's why I highlight the Dallas game is the only game where I really think that that happened on both sides of the ball simultaneously. And it also really makes it hard to separate. Um, and it makes it hard to, you know, have enough separation when, you know, we, we get into like the Giants game or the Commanders game. Having leads and not being able to separate far enough or to keep the leads in games like that. Um, and if you want to throw out, I, I know this happened during the Bills game, but if you want to throw out, oh, the Tennessee wasn't trying in the second half because they had a lead. They went for a, what, a 51-yard pass play right before the two-minute warning. So miss me with that. They weren't trying anything bullshit. So I wanted to throw that out there. Um and now we're going against Philadelphia, who, in my opinion, is one of the most complete teams in the NFL um, outside of maybe Buffalo. Um, there's teams Healthy that have Buffalo. better. Yeah. Um, I think Kansas City is still a better football team than Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is the most. I think so, too. Um, so offense and the defense have to be firing at the same time. Um, Simon, what are you looking at from the Packers' defense against Philadelphia's offense? I'll, actually, I'll throw Bernard's question to you guys, too. Do you think Bill Barry is back? Bill Barry. Bill Barry. Yeah, do you think Joe Barry's going to be back next year? Yeah, I do you think Joe Barry's back? At this point, I can't say yes or no. That's, I don't know yeah, how to answer maybe. that. I don't know how to answer that. Because the next six weeks, the defense could be the number one in the NFL. We could sneak into the playoffs. I don't fucking know what's going to happen. Look, I'm keep gonna in say, mind, too. Keep right now, I'll mind. say no. I'll say no keep, right now. Keep this in mind, too. No Rashawn Gary, no Eric Stokes. I'll say no right now because he had both of them early in the year and we still look bad. Yeah. That's the only um, reason I'll say no right now. I don't know. Yeah, my mind could also be changed. But I I think they might use him kind of the same way they did uh, – what's his name? The last guy that got fired. Patton. Okay. Yeah, Patton, okay, thank you. No, Patton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just going after a second year where it seemed like our talent outweighed the production – they could probably take that same step and uh, let him go and look for someone else. Or promote Jerry Gray. I've seen a lot of people calling for that. Yeah, I've seen that too. I, personally, I don't think Jerry Gray is ready for it. Um, but if they were interested in keeping Joe Barry around as a linebacker's coach, I would be interested in that. Yeah, I could, I'd be interested in that. He is, you he don't, is still you don't the linebacker whisperer. I'm going to talk about linebackers in a minute, but he's still the linebacker whisperer. 
you just don't see it very often where a guy gets fired and they bring him back to fill a position over right. lower. It'd be it almost have to be, be like they're not firing him, but they're like demoting him, yeah. and he'd have to like accept the demotion or something like that. I have no idea if that works in the NFL, but I'm just throwing it out there. It's something I'd be okay with. I, I would you would you do that though? Like as a person, would you do that? It would be like, oh, we're just gonna. I mean, that'd be tough. It really be tough. It really depends on the personnel. Like, if you're in a yeah. situation where, like, you you love being in Green Bay and you love the guys you're working true. with and stuff like that, like, yeah. it would depend on honestly, it would depend on the people. Because, like, for me, like when I've left jobs, like the hardest part has always been like the people. Like, there's people yeah. that I like here. Like, that's always been the hardest part of leaving a job. It's never been, you know, I miss the work or anything like that. It's always been the people that I miss more than the job. But yeah, true, true. But All right. go ahead. Uh. So I just kind of specifically, kind of the same thing I talked about when we played the Bears earlier in the year, and we kind of held him in check in the rushing game. Well, Hurts isn't absolutely destroying anyone on the ground. He, st- he still does have 440 and eight scores this year, and that's not anything to sneeze at. So I, I love to see our defensive line and our outside linebackers play that disciplined football where you're keeping – him in the pocket and controlling the line of scrimmage and giving him nowhere to look to run. Mm-hmm. Don't give him that extra time because he can get outside the pocket and their, their wide receivers are good enough to, you know, get open um, and play like that scramble drill. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for from this defense is just like controlling the line of scrimmage and giving him nowhere, collapse the pocket and keep it, you know, nice and neat. Jake, what are you looking for from the defense? Um, I'm kind of looking for something similar. Um, but I'm really just going for uh, the defense to be disruptive and take over, take over this game. Uh, we, have, we have players we were on the line. Uh, thinking about fucking Lowry, even though he had a bunch of tackles last week. He had a he had a bunch of tackles five yards past the last scrimmage. I don't hear about that. Um, we have players that can disrupt and collapse the pocket and make make this shit work. I don't want the Eagles to get the run game going because then they can go with that play action game with Dallas Goddard and that could be deadly because he's Goddard's on there. IR, bud. Oh, what you got hurt? Yeah. Oh my god, he's uh, he was that. on IR last week. Oh, thank God, dude! I dude, he was. I, that's why that's why I was gonna mention I said we were gonna talk about AJ Brown. I wasn't even scared of AJ Brown that much. I was more scared of their tight ends because they run uh, all well. I AJ mean, Brown's had a couple good games this year where he just like called the fuck out. He's had a couple splash games, I won't lie, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like if Jair versus AJ Brown would be a really good matchup. Critical yeah, dog and Jair, he's had a that's in both my keys to victory and in my Simon says is AJ Brown. So Oh wow! Keep that in mind. So just control the big plays. Don't let don't let them get that play action game started because they thrive on that play action game. Mm-hmm. So the other thing for me is the linebacker play. So like I just mentioned, like Joe Barry's still the linebacker whisperer. So for the Packers, for the most part, have gotten pretty good linebacker play from the starters. Even McDuffie, the one game that he started against Dallas, he was our leading tackler with twelve tackles. He was our he was one of our stars, no, or underrated performer or something. I, I remember we talked about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because we had like like five stars from that game. Because yeah. Jones played well, and Rogers played well, and Watson went freaking nuts. 
Yeah. Uh, Rudy Ford had two interceptions. Like there were so many players talk about that game. Trent McDuffie kind of got lost in the shuffle. He was a starting linebacker. We didn't have Chris Barnes back yet or Devondre Campbell available. And McDuffie started with the leading tackler with 12 tackles. Now we're getting into Quay Walker, who, like I said, he keeps getting better and better. I honestly think he's having a very, very good rookie season. Um, all things considered, you know, having the, the ejection from the early game or from the game early in the game um, was more of a judgment thing than a, a production thing. But, you know, Chris Barnes, he played well against Tennessee, too. He had 12 tackles as well. Him and Quay were tied for the team lead in tackles. Um, Chris Barnes, we really liked him as the, the third middle linebacker when we were looking at Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker and then being like, sweet, we get to have Quay Walker as or the Chris Barnes as the third middle linebacker. Awesome. Um, and then we get to Preston Smith. Preston Smith has – um, in my opinion, been our most consistent linebacker, especially when you consider the pass rush and the run stopping. Like I think Preston Smith has been our most consistent linebacker. Um, Rashawn Gary is Rashawn Gary, but we don't have him right now. Right now, <clears throat> we have Kingsley and Igbari. So that's another rookie too. That's a fifth round pick, despite giant shoes to fill. Uh, it's still showing that he's got some juice. So, I mean, you go up and down the linebacker core. We thought we were going to be pretty thin at. We've gotten pretty good linebacker play. I know it's I it's really nitpicky to to want to complain and say, you know, Ladarius, Hamil- or Ladarius Smith um, and – or, yeah, it is Ladarius. Um, and Jonathan Garvin haven't made a ton of plays, but you're talking about the seventh and eighth linebackers on the roster at that point. Right. So that's really nitpicky to get into those two guys. Now, Jake brought up Miles Sanders. He averages 4.9 yards per carry. And Jalen Hurts averages four. Those are the two leading carriers. Kenneth Gainwell doesn't touch the ball, and Boston Scott doesn't touch the ball at all. Um, So the pass rush is always important. But when it comes to Kingsley and Igbari and Preston Smith, setting the edge and keeping contain is going to be almost as important as rushing the passer this week just because you have to be careful with Jalen Hurts in all aspects, like Simon said. So linebacker play is going to be super, super important. And that said, my matchup for the defense that I'm watching is Preston Smith versus Jalen Hurts, not only in the pass game, but also in the running game. I'm looking for Preston Smith to keep him inside the pocket and also get some sacks on some obvious passing downs. So that's the matchup I'm watching. Simon, what matchup are you watching on the defense? Uh, Yeah, I got Quay Walker versus Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there'll be some opportunities for him to spy Jalen Hurts. And like you said, he's been gradually getting better and better throughout the season, uh, open field tackling. So I'm, I'm ready for that. Jake, what matchup are you watching? I have Kenny Clark versus Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be power versus power. I think Kelsey is a guy that can absolutely take over a game from the center position, which oh, sounds man. absolutely crazy, but it's not. He's he so can, good. Yeah, he, he can move Kenny to the side, help the guard control him, and move up to the second level and allow Miles Sanders and company to get a lot of big gains. So I think we need a fucking massive Kenny Clark game. Just he's collapsing. Due, due. He's due. He's had collapsing like inside of that in pocket, dude. And let's just fucking go to work. I'm yeah. ready. All right. 
Is there anything else you guys want to throw out there about this week? Anything else that you've seen talked about, you guys want to talk about before we get into our last couple of things here? I just want to talk about what I'm excited about real quick. Do it. The, the thing that I'm excited about is I want to see how this team responds to pressure. Um, me and Tyler, like you know, Tyler mentioned, we were on another podcast, talked about Rogers' leadership. I think it's fine. I think the way that Rodgers is leading this team is absolutely working in this locker room. We don't know how people are responding to it other than what insiders are telling us, right? Um, then I see stuff that Aaron Jones says, and everybody respects Aaron Jones, right? Nobody nobody dislikes Aaron Jones. In the how could you like dislike Aaron Jones? And Aaron Even Jones – a rival it, fan. How could you dislike Aaron Jones? I agree with that, you know, just because of how good of a person he is. Exactly. And – to me, a lot of things that Aaron Jones said when he talked about, you know, there's no more room for mistakes. Uh, we got, we put ourselves in this position. That's a lot of the same shit that Rogers is saying, but because a different Aaron said it, people agree with it. And That's that, a really good point. Honestly, that really bothers me. <laughs> it does. It bothers me. Uh, we, I'm should, like, we should put that side to side and honestly compare the quotes and then look at that. That's a really interesting idea, dude. Really it's interesting point, dude. When I heard him say that, I was like. Dude, Rogers has been saying that shit for weeks. <laughs> but now you want to listen. <laughs> Rogers is a piece of shit leader. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's a diva. Um, <laughs> so I just want to see how this team responds to pressure. Um, because you know, pressure pressure can make a man crumble or it can make you rise to the top, right? So pressure makes diamonds. It does. So I want to see how the team responds when their back is against the wall. We're going against the best team in the league. We're on the road. We're on national television. We've been in this position before against Buffalo, in my opinion. And you know what? They responded pretty well. But this time, it's put up or shut up, right? So let's see what happens, man. I will say also, I I don't think Philadelphia has been that impressive like the last few weeks. I think there's opportunity for this team to take advantage. Got a little complacent almost. Yeah, because they had a what a rough time versus Houston. They didn't that that game wasn't that impressive. They were weren't they down early in that game? Uh, Yeah, I think they took a. a, I know they were down to the to the Jaguars earlier in the season too. They were down like fourteen to nothing and ended up winning like thirty five twenty one. Yeah, and then what they took an L to Washington at home. Yep. Which I mean, division game got it. Things can get Man, a little whatever. different, and then they had a very unimpressive win against Indianapolis last week. Mm-hmm. So if they, if they don't bring if they don't bring their A game, there's a po- the I think there's there's opportunity for the Packers to take this one. Kind of a surprise. All right, Jake, what's the weather going to be like? Weather's going to be shit, man. Um, when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, God. Um, but then I was thinking about it. I was like, this could be good. It could this bode could well. Be good. Um, I mean, throwing the ball, right? Yeah, 40, 48 degrees, partly cloudy with a couple of showers. Um, West-southwest winds at 10 miles per hour. 85% chance of precipitation and precipitation. Sorry about that. And 17% chance of thunderstorms. So, hmm. And it's supposed to rain all day during the day. Uh, there was like a 90-some percent chance all day for it to rain on Sunday. So it's going to be wet. It's going to be some throwback football. Um, it's going to be like week one, Chicago and San Francisco. We're going to watch a bunch of gigantic human beings that literally lift weights 365 days a year just run into each other. It's going to be fucking fantastic, dude. <laughs> Nothing better. <laughs> I feel like this could be like an opportunity for Aaron Jones to literally be slippery. Oh, I like it. 
I like it. I like it. I'm with it. All right, Simon, what's your key to victory for the Packers? Uh, man. I just we need offensive consistency. And I, I feel like we've spoken a lot about it this year. But like you said, we're under a ton of pressure to win where if we could maybe lose one more game this year if we're looking at playoffs. And we need a lot of help. If and, yeah, and we need a lot of help. Um, so we need that offensive consistency. Like you said, the, the defense has played their part for the most part of the season. Right. Like they, they look at points scored and, yeah. and automatically assume the DC needs to be fired. That's why I'm not so quick to say no, but yeah, that's what, kind of why I'm on the fence too. And there's been, there's some been some really, really elite play from our offense too, but it doesn't seem like it's outside the Dallas game. Really? It, it, like you love to see them just go down and, put points on the board almost every drive right and that there's a lot of three and outs a lot of turnovers a lot of mistakes by the offense i would love mm-hmm. for them to now sitting where they're at just to put it all together yeah. go out throw 30 plus on philly yeah and, and kinda... it's just as easy to say you know i'd love to see the packers put it all together as it is for everybody else to say they're done yeah. it's just as easy to say that and honestly it's it's more it, it makes it more fun going into the game thinking like what if they what if they blow up all at the same time versus what if they go in and Philadelphia shuts them out and then we can bench Rodgers and start love like it's just as easy to say that but it's way more fun to be excited for the game looking at it from the way that you're looking at it Simon true All right Jake what's your key to victory Well I brought up turnovers before so taking care of the ball and controlling time of possession um, because the Eagles, you know, they're a run first offense. Uh, Hertz isn't the greatest thrower of the football. He's kind of like, he's like a Justin Fields. He's not as fast and he's a little bit better with the ball. Doesn't have as strong of an arm, but he's a little bit more accurate, but he's that type of quarterback. Right. So they want they want to possess the ball for long periods like, of time. He's like great value down. Lamar Jackson almost. Yeah. And, and like, and they just want to wear you down over 60 right. minutes. So if we can control time of possession, put the pressure on them where they have to score a little bit quicker, hmm. I think that could change things. Um, me learning the news of Dalek Otter out really, really wants me to really wants to make me change some of my score predictions. I'll just say that right now. Um, <laughs> you can do but, it while we're doing other stuff. You got a little bit. Uh, of time. I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns because I actually right. I, I put a lot of thought in these. But take care of the ball, control time of possession. Those are my keys to victory. So mine, I'm glad we all have like really different ones because mine is winning one-on-ones. This goes for essentially everybody on the roster, whether it be the line, D-line, offensive line, um, Lazard and Watson versus single coverage, should they face it. Um, I know Jake and I were watching the game on Thursday, being on the end zone, we get to see like where guys are lined up and it's like, oh, he's got single coverage, he's got single coverage. It's like, Obviously, if we see that, like Rodgers obviously sees that. Rodgers knows where guys are in single coverage, and that's why he takes the play clock all the way down to zero is to identify where everybody is and figure out where people are going on the defense. Um, And then you get to A.J. Brown versus Jair Alexander. Got to win that one-on-one. Aaron Jones versus Philadelphia linebackers. Um TJ Edwards, former Wisconsin linebacker, is the Eagles' leading tackler by far. By like, oh, yeah. he's like a 32 tackle lead 
or 33 tackle lead for Philadelphia for their leading tacklers. Um, And then it's going to be, it's going to be Darnell Savage guarding Devontae Smith. Maybe a little bit of Rasul Douglas, but um, Devontae Smith is a small, fast guy. That's not exactly Rasul Douglas's specialty. Um, they they brag about Savage being a better slot guy and wanting to use him in that way because Savage has that speed. So if Darnell Savage can neutralize Devontae Smith in any way, shape, or form, that obviously bodes well for the Packers. And then it's Quay Walker and Chris Barnes against Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. All those one-on-ones, the Packers have to win them. The Packers have to be better than the Eagles. That's that's really easy to say that. Like it's just a super generic statement, but going every single level, every single matchup. Like you brought up Kenny Clark versus Jason Kelsey. That's a great example. If the Eagles win that one-on-one, Miles Sanders is going to have easy four, five, six-yard gains up the middle all day. If Kenny mm-hmm. Clark wins that one-on-one, and we're talking about two, one, zero, negative one-yard runs, that's huge for the Packers. You force Jalen Hurts to throw then. And exactly. That, that makes me feel good. I'm not saying he's not capable, but that makes me feel good. That's that's playing to your opponent's weaknesses if you're yes. forcing Jalen Hurts to throw the ball. Yes. Um, and the game plan is going to be essentially exactly the same the following week against Chicago. So just get used to it. All right. Agreed. Jake, how many Simon says do you have? I have one. I have, I have a normal person. I have two. Right. They, they're, they're basically the same thing, just opposite sides of the ball. So we hold the Eagles under 100 rush yards. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. I thought, that right. one, I thought that was a little outlandish. Go ahead, Tyler. Really? You think so? They average 142 rushing yards a game. Yeah, the I, quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I got that. I, I, yeah, I mean, I could see I would see say it. under 125 is possible. I'd, okay. That's where I would draw the line is 125. So the one that I have, I'm looking for a Jair Alexander revenge game. He got kind of picked on a little bit in the last few games. And going back, like he didn't really get picked on in the Detroit game because he actually made an interception in that game. But if you go to the three of the last four games, looking at the Commanders game, he got beat by Terry McLaurin in the second half of that game. You look at the mm-hmm. Dallas game, he got torched by CeeDee Lamb on one of his touchdowns. And then you look at the Tennessee game, he got beat by Traylon Burks. So I'm looking at like a potential revenge game from Jair Alexander. A.J. Brown, less than four catches. Whoa. I'm for it. I think if anyone's going to have a game, I think it's going to be Devonta Smith too. I, I just don't. I don't think we match up well with him specifically. I can see that, and I kind of, I kind of love Devonta Smith. His personality. I, do too. I, think, I think he's a he's, fun player to watch. He's cool, man. Um, not that I don't like AJ Brown, but I'll say Devonta Smith is a really, really cool guy for how good he is at football. Yeah. Um, so my last one is the Packers rushed for over one fifty. We rushed for over one fifty. Yeah, is that what you said. Yeah, I'm, I'm for yes. it. Yes. Let's go, baby. If if we do those two things, we're winning. <laughs> we're winning the game. That ties perfectly into your time of possession. Yep. Of yes. As well, so. Yes. Simon, you have any uh, bold predictions for the game? Uh, nah. All right. I didn't, I didn't create any this week. All right. Give me your score prediction from the head then, Simon. All right. This hurts me to say, but head, I think we lose 30-20. 
I think there's this this team at home, Sunday Night Football, they've been kind of down bad a little bit lately. I think this could be a really good game for them. It could be a rough night for us. I got 30-20. We take the L. Jake, what's your prediction from the head? Prediction from the is Packers winning 23-21. Said 23-21? Yes, 23-21. Okay. Hmm. All right. I was – I'm really teetering on my score for the Packers from my score breakers from the head. Um, I'm really having a trouble picking somewhere between like 16 and 20 points for the Packers, but um, ultimately I wrote down in my notes, 24, 16 Philadelphia. Um, what it comes down to is, like I said, I do believe Philadelphia is one of the more complete teams in the NFL. They also come in as the far healthier team, mm-hmm. um, which matters if Rashawn Gary is playing in this game and Romeo Dobbs is playing in this game. I feel way better about it. Um, but missing those two, it, it hurts. Um, it sucks to to use injuries as a reason for picking a loss. But um, honestly, looking at this game, this was probably in the preseason one that I had circled as a loss originally anyways. But um, Simon, what's your score prediction from the heart? I got Packers 24-21. I, I think there is opportunity for us to take a win um, if they continue on with their subpar of where their expectations are. I think I think we could win this game by like a field goal or so. <laughs> That's funny. Jake, what's your score picture from the heart? I have Packers 28, Eagles 23. I could, I could see that, honestly. Um, mine, like Simon's, is also a field goal win for the Packers. It's 2017. Um, in my opinion, for the Packers to win this game, they, they have to win ugly. Um, yeah. And you factor in the way that Jake said the weather is going to be uh, and potentially – looking at strengths and weaknesses of both teams, the Eagles weaknesses being run against and the Packers have two guys that are very capable of running the ball. You look at the Packers, they played pretty solid against the run last week Mm -hmm. against Derrick Henry. They really did. Um, Tannehill was just like mega efficient in the passing game. Um, So if you look at that, if the Packers can do that again in the running game and really make it hard for Philadelphia to move the ball, like, I could see a, a scenario where the Packers and Eagles are both at 20 points or less and the Packers win by a field goal. I'm with it. I just want a dub, man. I need a Same. dub. I need a primetime dub. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there is there anything else you guys wanted to throw about this game? Um, no, but we definitely found out why our episodes are running so long. It's it's Brian's fault. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up after the show. I was like, no. we cut like a half an hour He's, off an episode. No, screw that. We're bringing it up live on camera, so you hear me say it. <laughs> I'm waiting for an all caps comment to come in. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, like you guys said, like I said, let's. Getting a win would be nice, but there are things outside of winning or losing that are still good to look forward to. Um, yeah, Robert Robert hit the nail on the head as far as football goes. We got the Axe, Axe game tomorrow with the Badgers in Minnesota, and then a, an opportunity for an upset 
on Sunday night for the Packers. It should be a good weekend of football. So um, with that, I will talk to you guys on Sunday then. Yep. Yes, sir. Go Pack Go. Always. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.